What will I do with all that free time? How much money will I need I'm some living? Will I still be able to help my kids? I can't even remember who I am. Don't be paranoid. It's your retirement. If retirement uncertainties keep you up at night, you're not alone. That's why we're here, to help you let go of your paranoia and enjoy retirement full on. Making our own way. Welcome to the Paranoid Retiree Podcast, where your hosts are so paranoid about retiring, we had to make a <laughs> podcast about it. Hi, I'm Jill. I'm Greg. And I'm Ann. And we're paranoid as hell. Uh, maybe you guys are. I don't know if I am. Here's what you're in for today. Any twerking involved? <laughs> <laughs> On occasion. And I think you can never you can never go wrong following joy. Push those together, and I think you can have a little bit of an analytical framework for how to look for purpose. <laughs> I'll have what she's having. <laughs> Jill and Ann and I are gonna talk today about kind of the, the different dimensions of how people feel about their value uh, after they retire. Things change after the workforce, don't you think? One thing I will say is that I feel that I am one of those people who didn't necessarily find my true purpose ever through the work <laughs> that I did. And I'm not saying I didn't like my work or I didn't have interesting work or I wasn't totally engaged in my work. But I actually feel like I am uh, finding my purpose even more in retirement. So share, share what you did for your career. Uh, I have been a communications professional my entire career, working in uh, publishing, working in not-for-profits as a you know, marketer, writer. And, uh, but you said you, you said you never found your purpose, though. You sound like a person that really had a pretty good track going for you. Well, I think that I liked and was good at what I did, but I don't know if it ever really spoke to my actual heart. And I think that I've really, I am more recently kind of discovering the the artist within and the creative within that I think I've really always been. And I think that being, having a lot of creative potential has been made me a good worker but I really feel that now that I have this freedom to really explore what brings me joy, I am finding just more of an alignment with uh, who I am. So today, so today we're going to talk about how to find that. And so you, you retired recently, right? I retired just one year ago last month. And <laughs> And I feel I, I feel the same way you do, Jill. I can totally relate to what you're saying. Although I have to say, having met you at a job where I feel like we had a unique place to explore things that really mattered to us. We both worked for Nightingale Conant many, many, many years ago. We won't say how many years ago, uh -huh. but it was a really cool company because it was all about motivational speaking and we were able to choose and select authors and 
program things. And it was really, I loved that job. It was really meaningful to me. And I think it was to you too, because you were an amazing editor at that place. You did incredible work finding great people to too bring kind. to market. Too kind. No, it's, it's true. And what I loved about it is I think what led us to where we are right here today in our retirement, both of us kind of finding our way and finding our way to having that, that I don't even know what the word is, that motivation to do what, what we want to do that'll bring us kind of joy and bring us peace and get us into things that we like to do because I'm finding my way to and I'm finding that creative side that I never had time to while I was working in corporate America. And so I think that's really this, this part about retirement. People are afraid of it. People are always afraid they're going to be bored and what am I going to do? And I don't feel like I'm anybody if I don't have a job. I just don't think that's true. I think it's it gives you the freedom to explore what you wanted to do your entire career. You know, to uh, to to piggyback on top of that, there's um, a certified financial planner, uh, David Mendels, uh, who is a director of planning at Creative Financial Concepts in New York, and uh, he, he cites uh, through his clients and his research that boredom is a huge problem. He says so many people underestimate that. Even if you hate your job, it's a big part of who you are and what you are. And you take that away, and it's a huge problem for a lot of people. Um, and, and I think, you know, I've talked to a bunch of people uh, about this when we were preparing the, the podcast. And uh, people that haven't retired yet go, oh, I know exactly what I'll do. I'll, you know, I'll spend all my time fishing or golfing or whatever. And then you talk to people who are, uh, have been retired for a little while and they go, yeah, I kind of did that. And now I'm kind of bored. And so I decided to dig a little deeper on that. An article that I found online at caringplaces.com, it's a, a community in Oregon. And they outlined the five stages of retirement as being first the pre-retirement phase, you know, just before you retire and, and you're thinking about uh, your planning, et cetera, financial planning and all kinds of other things. Then the retirement honey, honeymoon phase, it's right after you retire and you're just really completely enamored with not having to get up and you can you know, just uh, hang around, drink coffee in your pajamas until uh, 10 or 11 o'clock. And then the disenchantment phase, the reorientation phase, and the stability phase. I would put one more in there and that is uh, after uh, the pre-retirement phase, it's like when you retire, like right when you retire, uh, they outlined it as the honeymoon phase. But for me, I had such a difficult time adjusting to a, not having to force myself into a routine. I'm, I'm a creature of habit. I, you know, I, I'm a consultant. So I would, I would get up in the morning. I would go I work remotely. I would go to my computer. I would check my emails. I would you know do all of these things and not have any change in environment like maybe the two of you who would go into work uh, and for other people that go into work, it was really difficult to me because I was in the same environment, but I couldn't adjust to a different routine. That's it makes total sense. Yeah, it makes sense. I think the pandemic offered us the opportunity for transition. And I, you know, I was used to getting up really early and long commute and going to work every single day. And the pandemic sort of gave me a different routine. You know, you're still getting up, you're, you're still logging on, you're still at your computer, you know, 
10 hours a day. I mean, it, it was, it seemed like forever and it was a transition. You've never had that transition as a consultant. And I totally understand that. But I think, I mean, for me, when I didn't have to get up and log on every single day for the first couple of weeks, it felt amazing, not being tied to my phone or my computer. It was incredible. And then it was sort of, hmm, felt kind of weird because I wasn't getting those constant pings, always having to do that. And it took some time to get used to that. Now it's just such a, it's such a relief. There's just no stress attached to it. I think probably as a consultant, because you're just used to always chasing the next thing, not having to chase the next thing can probably be a little stressful. Like you're just used to it. It's in your memory, right? It was for me. Jill, the rabbits saved you though, right? <laughs> yeah. The uh... <laughs> wait a minute. You yeah, not... say that. <laughs> all right, all right. Just all right. Let's be clear. There, there are a couple different devices called rabbits, um, <gasps> and one of one of them is a great, great. <laughs> it's, I'll have what she's having. It's a great wine opener. <laughs> Y'all should look into that. Uh, but there's another uh, rabbit. <laughs> Uh, thing, especially this well, year. Well, right? I have discovered, actually, in good part, I have to credit Anne for introducing me to painting. One of the things that I've just completely surprisingly found purpose in in retirement. Now, I retired uh, July of 2021, so we were still pretty deeply in the pandemic. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I discovered painting, being invited over to hang out with you guys and Anne likes to paint and we just started painting and I've just continued to do it completely unexpected uh, activity in my retirement and even at my first art show. I mean, what? What? Yeah, that was pretty amazing. I had an art so, show. And you amazing. All of a sudden, Jill is posting, I, I don't know, 20, how many different rabbits? I've painted 40 rabbits. 40. 40 rabbits 40 since rabbits. January in, and now it's uh we're recording this in July so 40 rabbits and why because it's the year of the rabbit it's 2023 it's year of the rabbits ah. I'm going to be painting rabbits all Got year it. long I've already had my first art show but one of the things that I want to say about this is I think that the boredom and the potential vacuum that comes when you lose your job and you're not quite sure of what your purpose is. I think that if you can embrace the stillness and the quiet that falls and the stopping of the pings, and if you're not afraid of it and you let yourself kind of listen a little bit to urges and impulses, don't feel like that purpose has to has to be there like immediately you retire and you say this is my new purpose no discover what your new purpose is discover it a little bit by bit with people like me that is so so difficult i mean it's like my mind has always raced through my career i'm probably way add but you know in, in my generation, no one diagnosed it. They just said, get, get your shit together and press on. But um, I, uh, I, had a re I have a really hard time doing that. Although I think it's great advice because if you can, and if you meditate, 
that helps too, for sure, because you, you need to slow down the world and recalibrate everything, spend some quiet time, because I wasn't used to any quiet time. I was always racing around. Uh, I too am a communications consultant, uh, uh, had been for my entire career. And uh, it's just a difficult thing. Now, I did have, you know, as both of you have art, I also have music. You know, when I was nine years old, I picked up a guitar and uh, my my dad gave me my first guitar and he was very dismayed when I he couldn't pry it out of my hands. And I started playing Beatles music in 1964 and one thing led to another. And now, uh, it, through my entire career, I never had enough time. I couldn't join the bands I wanted to join. Now I'm retired. I'm in two rock and roll bands at my age. And, and we're playing out and it is the best time of my life. So I think while quieting your soul and listening to yourself is, I believe, absolutely essential, the other half is finding that thing that drives you. The, the, the self-gratification one, the painting, the music, those kinds of things is one thing. But the other thing, too, is helping others, right? So when Anne retired and I was... Uh, really gearing down my consulting business, we looked at each other and just said, oh, we want to help other people, but what do we do? Did you go through that, Jill? Definitely. I definitely went through that. Now, I was primarily a single parent. My husband died when my kids were young, and I had raised two kids many of the years on my own. But yet, I'm discovering in retirement that I actually like a little bit of caretaking. I've started babysitting for my great niece and nephew. I have a regular babysitting gig with them. Awesome. Yeah. I've been helping a refugee family. And the latest thing I'm going to do, I have a friend who's a new uh, director of a preschool uh, near me in the town I live in, in Evanston, Illinois. And she thinks I'd be a great substitute preschool teacher. And it's like, because I've allowed myself just a little time to try different things without putting a lot of weight on the things I'm trying, I've really identified that I still like to be a caretaker. That's really you know, cool. After all the, yeah, my kids are grown, but I still want to take care of people. Oh, that's so cool. And that's that self-actualization realization you're talking about when you just when you just kind of pull back and get that quiet inside. And you know what I'm assuming is that that quietness opens you up and allows you to recognize the things around you that maybe you were whizzing past so fast because you had other focus and other concerns during your career. But now you're quiet. Things aren't racing by quite so fast. It's almost like your time machine has slowed down. Definitely. I, mean, I had reached the point where getting it an email in my inbox would 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 elicit the fight or flight response. Oh, yeah. I mean, literally just another email. I mean, I, I'm I, sure really, everybody I was really can, ready yeah, to stop. Everybody can relate to that. And your job was like insane. Yeah. Yeah. I was I was definitely getting burned out like so many of us had. It was a little too much. And it was all, you know, I mean, crazy business stuff as always. And it kind of felt like, ugh. But you found your purpose, too, uh, when you kind of opened up. Yeah, I, I think I had the same kind of reaction. I really loved, like, I was that parent that, you know, did Girl Scouts for 
eight or 10 years and, and loved working with kids. And I really, really enjoyed it. So I was lucky enough to find a horse therapy place near my house. And it is therapy for horses. Do you have to, do you have to learn how to <laughs> like win it, win it, uh, yes, learn horse language? That's exactly that what it is. How to flick your tail to get the flies away. Yeah. Any twerking involved <laughs> <laughs> on occasion, on occasion, on occasion. Um, it's, it's working with both children and adults who have all kinds of different abilities. It's people who have everything from emotional disabilities to physical disabilities to, you know, different, different kinds of things that they can't do. And they come together at this place. It's an amazing place. And it works with people to help them, you know, even better things like their posture, paying attention, focusing on things, you know, there's, there's just different things that we do in the horse ring with people on horses. And I am literally just a sidewalker. That's my role there. And sidewalker. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he calls me. <laughs> and I keep I keep the, the kids on the horses. That's really what I do is make sure they're safe. And I'm just there to make sure that people are safe. But I'm watching these kids progress. I'm watching adults progress. It's a cool thing. You know, like you just have this good feeling that you're helping someone out. It gives me purpose. And so I'm doing that now and I really do enjoy it. But I also feel like, I don't think this is going to be the be all end all. I, I am constantly uh, mind open, eyes open to other opportunities. I think there's a lot of things that I'd like to dabble in a lot of things that I enjoy doing, you know, like Jill, I love to paint. I love to give away my paintings. I love when people can use my paintings for auctions and things like that. It's just, just kind of fun and a little rewarding, but I just enjoy it. That boredom thing my whole life. And I preach this with my kids. Don't ever say the word bored. There's no such thing as being bored. There's just really not. If you can just be quiet and find something fun to do, read, paint, draw, there's a million things to do. You know, there's always a million things to do. It's just finding them. Don't you think that um, we can use whatever skills that we had in our jobs we can bring those same skills to retirement in a different way in pursuit of the purpose. And maybe at least in my, in, in my case, I almost feel like I can do a better job of it because maybe, maybe you're right. Anne. I'm kind of putting myself down in the work. I was yeah. so ready to leave my work. I was just at my ropes end. So I think I'm in that part. It's like, you know, now I just feel like that freedom that I have, is really allowing me to be myself. But I, I do think some of the skills that I've always had, surveying what's out there, seeing what opportunities are, constantly reading things, constantly taking information, knowing what's going on. You know, I used to use those things to be a good marketer and a good writer. Now I can use them to, I don't know, just I don't even know what I'm using them for. I think part of it is helping others. Part of it is being a more creative being from my actual heart and soul. Uh, I, I'm definitely not fully. Yeah, I think you're going to keep going. Yet. But I will say you use your amazing communication skills in so many ways that, you know, make people laugh all the time. But the way you are able to post and use social media for your rabbit, year of the rabbit, I cannot believe how many people have jumped on that bandwagon and are so into it. I mean, that's how you get an art show. People see it, people know it. 
it's, I think it comes from unusual places, but that's you. That's what you have always been good at. I think everybody has something like that in them, regardless of what they've done. What have you been good at at your job? You know, maybe you're a really fantastic manager and you know how to take care of people and you know how to bring people up. There's a million things you can do with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Definitely. What about you, Greg? What kind of, uh, Hey, are you even fully retired, Greg? That's one thing I just want to, are you, are you under the ring? We, we, don't, we don't talk about that. You will never let that go. I, I, well, well, I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of am, I just kind of, I can't just cut it off. It would cause a scene in our lives, but, um, Jill's rabbits being published in social media Jill is getting some recognition, which is a huge thing. After you've left your job, your identity is tied up with your job. Where does your recognition come from? Where's your validation as a human come from? Admittedly misplaced, it has always come from work or it's come from your spouse or it's come from your friends, but primarily from work for a long time. And now your recognition and validation is coming from showing your art on social media and now art shows. So it, it's good for you, but it's also good for other people because you're providing them with something that makes them feel good. I mean, people like your rabbits and, and they, are, they want to own your rabbits. They want them in their environment. It makes them feel good. So there's this exchange of recognition uh, and self-satisfaction for providing and some joy and, and, and some joy and joy. Absolutely. And f so for me, um, we live on a lake Ann and I live on a lake and, um, there are lakes in Illinois, there are lakes in Illinois, really nice, uh, 836 acre lake, but it is, uh, it is a 100 year old Cor army Corps of engineers lake in Northern Illinois. And, it is it it needs some love uh it older lakes especially the ones that were man-made lakes like this one uh after you know 75 80 100 years begin uh to you know have environmental issues and so they need some intervention and so i joined a committee with our uh local mpoa master property owners association i guess is what mpoa stands for in everybody's world. But in this case, it involves the lake and care and management of the lake. So I joined a committee. I didn't join the MPOA. I thought, well, it's kind of a big commitment. And, and I joined this committee and we are now involved in really helping to restore and maintain the quality of the lake in order to improve the quality of life and the value of the real estate in this community. And it's a volunteer position and uh, it doesn't take a ton of time, but again, getting back to what you said, um, Jill and Anne, that it involves some of the skills that I developed during my career. Uh, the, the total lack of fear in reaching out to people and just talking to them, which I had to do my entire career, uh, interviewing people, uh, client management, new business development, all those things. Um, and reach out to people I don't know and sometimes in pretty powerful positions and just saying, hey, I wanna to talk to you about ideas and maybe how you can help us to restore our lake and to reach our goals. Um, and beyond that, 
some of the client work that I did. I learned so much in my career about different industries and some some of this in environmental management, uh, just because some of our clients were uh, in the environmental sector uh, and learning about that, being able to apply that as well. So in doing this, uh, I'll get the satisfaction Anne and I will hopefully reap some benefits of, you know, our real estate uh, value going up and being to en- being able to enjoy a lake that's, you know, in better and better, better shape instead of degrading, as well as the same for others around the lake in developing uh, the same for them. I think it's really good to not see retirement as some kind of stopping point. It's a, it's a, ta- it's a taking, like, look at us all taking off and furthering skills and joys and interests. You know, retirement, you know, it's got a real finality to it. But it, I it think does. I hate the word. It's I true. really do hate it. I keep and seeing it referred to as rewirement. <laughs> I really like. I like that. <laughs> I love that. I yeah. like that. I it like that sense. too. And that that's why I think a lot of people get so paranoid about retirement because they, it's this big unknown. We have we have conditioned ourselves over you know 30, 40 plus years to think a certain way, behave a certain way, act a certain way values, our value systems shifts. Actually, it's created. Our value system as adults are created in our careers. And after the career is gone, that value system is reevaluated. And before we knew exactly why we were doing what we were doing, 8, 10, 12 hours a day, you know, five days, some people six days a week, and and a lot of times after hours and sometimes on weekends and now what's the purpose and i think the that's the big question i think what we've been kind of dancing around here and kind of coming to in the middle of the swirl is that to jill's point first you get quiet and then you think about all of the talents that you've developed in your career and then you think about all of the things that are happening around you that you didn't notice before. And then all of the things you wanted to do more of, but you couldn't mm-hmm. because of time, circumstance, raising family, whatever. And then how you could apply all of that to helping the world around you. And you put those things together, the talents and the skills, the self-satisfaction and helping world around you and you push those together and i think you can have a little bit of an analytical framework for how to look for purpose there's an i think one more aspect to that that when you're working you feel like you are um tied to the grind and when you retire you can just figure it out you're not tied to anything you can dabble you can test things, you can explore different things that you never thought, who cares if you're good at it or not, finally, because you can't do that in a job. In a job, you see skills. It's true, because in a job, right. you're being judged. Yeah, you're being judged all the time. You're being evaluated in some kind of rubric yep. somewhere from, from corporate. And, and you know, even where they say, oh, you know, making mistakes is good. They don't really believe that. Uh, so, but now you're yeah. totally free. 
the gloves are off, the ties are off. You're right. Yeah, there's not mistakes. You can try anything. It's nice. I've even been going on, um, I'm about to go on my second spiritual retreat. I mean, come <laughs> on. Like, what the heck? What a... I can't even believe that I'm going to spiritual retreats and had an art show and I'm painting rabbits. It's like, what, <laughs> what? I, I just love yes. the unexpected. There is, there is, there is a, uh, this reverence for youth in our society that is difficult to shake. And I am trapped in that. And so I'm trying to free myself from that little prison. Free yourself. All these free little, yourself. Little, little prisons, you know, all these tiny little prisons. And we have to, to, to get our keys and get us the heck out of those little prisons. And um, everybody's got their own keys to that. But I think that purpose can really, really help us to open some of those little prison doors because once we are able to do what we've always wanted to do, and some people think it's golfing. Some people think it's, you know, a lot of the self-gratification. That only goes a certain distance. Once you have satisfied that and we get to this disenchantment phase, this number three in the five uh, stages of retirement, you begin to look around and say, okay, I'm full. I've eaten all that I can of this thing that I wanted to eat and I'm full. What now? And that's where you start looking for purpose these pieces of contributing what you've learned to other people in a way that satisfies you are really a, a, a good recipe for trying to find purpose in retirement. And I think you can never, you can never go wrong following joy, following something that really uh, ignites you in it with some happiness, I think will is not just selfish that it will somehow contribute in a in a good way to others yeah you should not feel guilty about that you've worked your whole life we are hereby giving all of the people listening to this podcast permission to feel joy to not feel guilt and to revel in the rest of your life without Amen. that stupid Amen. job here here Taking our own way.